Welcome back to episode six of my sports podcast, Car on Par. I'm joined again by two wonderful gentlemen today, Odyssey Media Group sports writer Andrew Robinson and digital editor Owen Donnelly. Thank you guys for coming back on. Yeah, AJ. Thanks for inviting me. I'd love to be here. Yes, it is fun every time we record. All right, so today I will be presenting my NFL mock draft for 2020. I'll let us kind of debate where you guys think I might be right or wrong uh, with some of the trades I think that might happen and some of the star players last college football season, what NFL teams they'll end up with. So okay. with with the number one pick, the Cincinnati Bengals own it. Uh, I think there's going to be some shakeup. I think the Miami Dolphins at pick number five and two more picks later in the first round are going to trade up and get Joe Burrow at number one. Wow. Why do you think that? That's kind of a hot take there. I think everything I've been hearing is just little rumors. I mean, the Miami Herald said that that the Dolphins love Joe Burrow, and I, I kind of believe it. And I think that the Miami Dolphins will go all in. They have seven picks in the top 72. They don't need all of their first round picks. They can. There's great second and third round talent in this draft. This draft is very deep. So, I think that they will risk it all for the quarterback of their franchise. What do you guys? Well, think? I mean, yeah, I, I don't doubt you when you say that Miami's in love with Joe Burrow. I think every team that needs a quarterback is in love with Joe Burrow. I think the question is if Cincinnati will actually take them up on their offer. And if they offer a certain amount of picks in that first round and later in the draft, I think, you know, it could happen because Cincinnati is an incomplete team and they need all of those picks to, you know, build up a new team, maybe get in the playoffs for the first time in a while. But at the same time, Miami is also really incomplete and just getting Joe Burrow, I don't think would solve all of their problems. I think they need uh, depth in their whole lineup, not just that quarterback. Well, I, I think what they can do, they have a good off, they have a better offensive line than they have had in a while. And they've had a better defense than they've had in a while. They signed a lot of guys in free agency on defense. So I don't think they have a lot of holes on the defensive side of the football. Now, I think their holes are at quarterback, at running back, and at wide receiver. This is a very deep wide receiver draft. This is a very deep running back draft, but they're underrated. They're not, nobody's drafting running backs high anymore. And why not? So I think they don't last for a long time. It's because they don't last for a long time. And so exactly, Owen. And that's why I think there's going to be a lot of good second round running back talent in this draft. I think they can get Jonathan Taylor in the second round and he's a top three running back in this draft. Yeah, that second and third round is going to be filled with running backs. Yeah. And so I feel like if they can address that position in the second round at running back and then maybe pick up a late round receiver, They'll be they'll they'll be a team to like hang around in the AFC East with the Bills and I don't I'd never count the Patriots out either. The Patriots could move up, they could draft Jake Fromm, they can that division's gonna be in like it's gonna be tight next year with the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Patriots and potentially the Jets, depending on what they do in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Well we'll get mm-hmm. to Jake Fromm later. I don't yeah. know about that uh, one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think nowhere. it's kinda cool. I like I like how both Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason are debatably yeah. going to go. I mean, I wouldn't say they're debatably going to go first round because I don't think that's necessarily true, but they're going to go early relative to a lot of other guys, and I think that's pretty cool that they both went to Georgia. 
Well, I, I, I trust me, I, I got a lot of stuff in store for that later mm-hmm. in the first round. So I have Washington taking Chase Young. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah. He's the best prospect in this draft. He's the best edge rusher we've had since probably Clowney, and Clowney was a little overrated at that time. But I think Chase Young is the real deal. Okay. Yeah, there's there's nobody better in the draft in my opinion. He's just he got suspended and he still had like 16 and a half sacks or something like that. It's he's a great edge rusher. Right. Yeah. And then so at three, I have Detroit taking Jeffrey Okuda cornerback from Ohio State at three. Uh, they just lost their best corner, arguably one of the best corners in the league, uh, Darius Slay, Darius Big Play Slay. Uh, they lost him to the Eagles. They traded him. Uh, so I think they're going to address that much-needed cornerback position and draft Jeff Okuda. What do you guys think? Well, I, I think that's definitely possible. For me, it's either it's going to be two guys. It's either going to be Justin Herbert or Jeffrey, Jeff Okuda. Like, because they do need that quarterback after, you know, Phillip Rivers isn't going to be playing there anymore. But well, dude, Phillip Rivers didn't play in Detroit, man. This is Detroit. This is Matthew Stafford, man. Mm, yeah. So, like, it, uh, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. He just had – he said this last year was his one injury. I feel like if you get – if somehow Matt Patricia gets talent around him, Detroit will be a scary team. It just depends on how the coach does it. Oh, I, I didn't even see that trade. Okay, Detroit. Oh, yeah. I think they'll take – I don't even know why I didn't make that connection. Yeah, Slay, even Detroit, they'll need a different cornerback. They still got Stafford, though. So, yeah, they don't need um, Herbert from – So, at four, I have the Giants taking Tristan Wharfs. Now, this is kind of debatable because I've seen a lot of people say that they're going to take Isaiah Simmons, who's probably the second best prospect in this draft – uh, athletic wise, but Second I think, Chase yeah, yeah, and I think it, Isaiah Simmons is awesome, don't get me wrong, but I think the Giants need uh, offensive linemen more than anything else. Tristan Worfs is apparently the best offensive line uh, prospect in this draft. Is uh, disagreeing with what I say, I think Andrew Thomas is better, but uh, he's, he's definitely exceptional at his position, and I think the Giants need to protect Daniel Jones for the future. He is their franchise. If you don't have anybody that can block for him, you're not going to win football games. So I think that's why Tristan Ward's going to the Giants. Yeah, I can see that happening for sure. At number five, we have Cincinnati with a trade for Miami. I have Cincinnati taking Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Okay. Uh, I don't think I don't think Cincinnati's in love with Tua. I think they were in love with Burrow, and then you know they got an offer that they can't refuse. Are they scared and of Justin, the injuries with Tua? I think th- that's one thing, and I think that Justin Herbert fits their system better than Tua does. Yeah. And I think that uh, I I think with all the controversy that surrounds Tua, Cincinnati Cincinnati is not like the smartest organization in the world. So I would see. So I would see them drafting Justin Herbert, who, who I think is not better than Tua. Don't get me wrong. I think Tua is next to Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the draft. But I think Cincinnati's not the smartest organization in the world, and they will take Justin Herbert at five. And so at six, that frees up the Chargers to draft Tua Tungavaloa, quarterback from Alabama, and. 
man, I'll tell you what, if Tua goes to the Chargers, they're going to be a playoff team. Like, they're going to be a playoff team for years. Yeah, I mean... That, that's assuming they stay healthy. If yeah. he stays healthy, I, I think they'll be a playoff team. But again, the reason why he's probably going to go fall behind Herbert is because of his injuries. And if he stays healthy, I think 100% he's a better quarterback than Herbert. But it's not a 100% deal. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think the char- I think the Chargers and the Chargers have a great mentor for Tua and Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's been around the league. He knows how to play. He's played in the playoffs, and I think that the Charger, like him being there, and maybe Tyrod Taylor kind of sits and mentors him for maybe a, even a season, and then Tua comes in his second year and is like, "Hey, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be the guy," you know, and he comes in and tears it up. So I would not be surprised if the Chargers get Tua and just sit him for a year and let Tyrod be his mentor and be the leader on the team that Tyrod needs to be. Because Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, loves Tyrod Taylor. And he he's come out and said, if we don't get anybody, he's our starter. And I'm confident as him as our starter. Okay. So at number seven, at number seven, I got Carol the Carolina Panthers taking Isaiah Simmons linebacker from Clemson. So he gets to stay in the Carolina region going to the Panthers and kind of replace the uh, Luke Keekley era mm-hmm. in Carolina. He'll be the new, and that's a much needed position that Carolina needs is that kind of middle linebacker hybrid safety kind of position in Isaiah Simmons. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great pick, especially because, like you said, he gets to stay in the same area. You know, he's playing with pride. Um, he was a great uh, linebacker for Clemson. He was all over the place. He got a few interceptions, I believe, along with just a whole bunch of tackles. And I think he'll really help replace that Luke Eagliera. Yeah, no, I, I, I think he's one uh... – unbelievable talent he's the most athletic linebacker or safety or wherever you want to put him like in in the draft like no question he is one of the most athletic people i've ever seen i mean his draft combine was ridiculous i heard that so i i just am i I think he's a no-brainer you cannot lose with isaiah simmons i would be shocked if he does not pan out to be a all like an all pro player in this league like Luke Keekley was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So at eight, I have Arizona taking Jedrick Willis, O lineman from Alabama. Uh, Alabama pumps out linemen. They're yep. factory. Uh, I think Arizona needs somebody to protect Kyler Murray. He's one of the top rated tackles in this draft. Uh, you give somebody, you give Kyler Murray time, he's going to make plays, and that's what Arizona needs. They need good, strong, young O linemen to protect Kyler for the future. Y'all disagree, or y'all agree? I agree. I think they'll take the offensive lineman. I do think it might be a little bit of a question whether uh, <laughs> Jedrick Wills is going to be, uh, you know. Well, worse might fall down, and uh, what's his name? Judge Wills might, you know, be taken with the fourth overall pick. But either way, I do think they'll take that offensive lineman just because they need to protect Kyler Murray. 
Yeah, no. And then so at number nine, another offensive lineman, I had Mikai Becton from Louisville, who ran a ridiculous 40. Honestly, if you look at the tape, I don't know. What think was his 40? I, th- I forget. It was like something like, it was like five second for like an offensive lineman. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's like a 350 yeah. pounder, too, I think. Yeah. And I, so, like. 5.1 seconds. 5.1 seconds for a 300 pounds of lineman. Yeah, he is. He's 368, 6'7. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's got the measurables, but, like, I watched some of his tape, and it's just like, I don't know. It's just I, I think Andrew Thomas is better. I think Jedrick Willis is better. I think Tristan Warfs is better. But I have him going to Denver because I think Denver, I just heard a rumor today, wants to trade with Jacksonville or Cleveland uh, to get the a top 10 pick to draft one of those top four offensive linemen in the draft because they need somebody to protect Drew Locke and Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon and that running game. And I think that uh, Mekhi Becton is one of those guys that can do it. He's good in the run game. He's good in the pass. He might not be the best offensive lineman in my opinion, but I think the Broncos will uh, go for him if he is available. Okay. All right. So number 10, I have Andrew Thomas, O-Lyman from Georgia, being taken by Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns will draft another Georgia player like they did Nick Chubb a couple years back. But I think Andrew Thomas is, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in the draft. If you watch the tape, he's got the measurables. He's got the measurables, and I think he's just—he's the best offensive lineman all around in this draft. He, I think he might have let up maybe one sack last year. Well, then why do you have Mekhi Becton going over him? Because I think he's the most, he's more overrated than he is. I think teams will reach for him because of his measurables and his combine stats. Right. I think Andrew Thomas has been falling on a lot of other teams draft for, on a lot of other like people's mock drafts. I just don't believe it. I think Andrew Thomas is a top 10 pick and he goes number 10 to Cleveland. Okay. And so at next at 11, I have Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama, going to the New York Jets. The New York Jets just lost their best receiver, Robbie Anderson, and free agency to the Carolina Panthers. So I believe they need a target for uh, Sam Darnold to throw to. And Jerry Judy is the best wide receiver in this draft. He's the best route runner, has the best hands. He, I, I just believe he's the best wide receiver we will see in a couple of years. What do you guys think? Well, I agree with this pick. I do think Jerry Judy will be picked 11th by the Jets. It'll help space out for um, Le'Veon Bell, who regressed a little bit the past season, and help Sam Darnold. But I don't, even though I think he'll be taking be taken as the first wide receiver, I don't think he is the best wide receiver. I think he's probably second, probably to C.D. Lamb or somebody. But I do think the Jets can't really go wrong with Jerry Judy because even though I best he's definitely a talent to be reckoned with for the next few years in the nfl all right so speaking of speaking of cd lamb i got cd lamb going at 12 to the las vegas raiders so i think that Derek carr needs a target without antonio brown he's got 
little to no star power at receiver. He's got a great tight end in Darren Waller, most the most underrated tight end in the league. He is athletic. He's big. He's fast. So I think if you pair Darren Waller with CeeDee Lamb and Derek Carr with that arm, I think it's a very, very good, scary good offense for John Gruden and the Vegas Raiders. What do you think? I agree, yeah. it's CeeDee Lamb, I believe, is the best wide receiver in the draft. And uh, Derek Carr might not be the best quarterback, but, you know, he's he's a capable guy. And if you add a talent like CeeDee Lamb, I think his stats will improve significantly. All right, so uh, there was a trade. Uh, DeForest Buckner, defensive lineman for San Francisco, uh, was traded to uh, Indianapolis around the free agency period. Uh, so San Francisco got the 13th pick in the draft from Indianapolis, and I think they will take Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver from Alabama. And okay. he's the fastest guy in this draft by far. He is quick. He is speedy. He can run. He can run deep routes. I think he's another threat. After they lost, after the Niners lost Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's another plug-in guy that you can yeah. put him in the return game. You can put him in. You can put him on punt, kick returns, and you can throw it deep to him, and he'll be a great pair to Debo Samuel, who they got last year, and just give another yep. guy through the air to for Jimmy Garoppolo to throw to. Another weapon. Yeah. Exactly. Like, their defense is locked down. They just need to keep adding weapons on right. offense. So, at 14, this is kind of a surprise, but I think Tampa Bay is just going to take – uh, the best guy on the board, because on this one, I have Derek Black- Brown, who's a top 10 prospect, uh, falling down to 14 to Tampa Bay. And Derek Brown's a D-tackle from uh, Auburn. He's an older guy. He's been at Auburn for, I think, four or five years. And he he's a beast. Trust me. Yeah. He will pull offensive linemen down. Um, he gets tackles. He sacks the quarterback. I mean, he is unbelievable talent. Uh, I think he just kind of slide. Uh, the only reason I see him sliding is because I think uh, some of the teams near the top uh, have more needs than a D tackle. So that's why I have him sliding down to 14. I think Tampa Bay is just going to take him because he's the best player on the board and just having Tom Brady uh, and that, those wide receivers, you can debate and then drafting an O-line, but I think they have a pretty solid O-line to start with. So I think they will take and add to their defense, which is already improving. Mm-hmm. I do think – I think if uh, one of those three receivers you mentioned earlier falls there, they might take them, but I think this is probably the safest pick for them because they do have some good receivers and Godwin and um, Mike Evans already. So – Getting that defensive lineman would definitely be a smart pick. Now, I, I could see this potentially happening. I could see Tampa Bay moving up. I don't have it here, but uh, O.J. Howard, their tight end, is on the trade block. He's a very good tight end, very tall, very talented. So uh, I would not be surprised if Tampa trades up to get uh, one of those four top offensive linemen like Willis, Becton, Thomas, or Wharfs. I think – that any of the, the Tampa Bay can use any of that firepower that they have uh, on their team to trade up in the draft to get who they really want. But I have them right here just kind of taking the best player on the board. Mm-hmm. So at 15, I have the Jaguars with their trade 
and Denver, and I have them taking Josh Jones, offensive lineman from Houston. He's kind of the next guy after Andrew Thomas uh, in the offensive lineman position uh, at the tackle. And I think the Jaguars need somebody to protect Gardner Minshew. They don't really have anybody at the moment. Uh, so, and I think the defense is good. They're not really, they don't have a lot of holes on defense, maybe corner, but I think they need to address uh, protecting their quarterback here at this pick. And I think they'll have another number one next year because I think Denver will give up this year and next year's number one. Wow. Uh, to get uh, that top 10 pick. They want it. Well, yeah, they need the offensive lineman because I think they're, they're, I think they think they're going to make a playoff push, push next year. So that's why they're pushing up to get this guy. Hey, right. we have the talent. We just need somebody to protect you a lot. They want it right now. Yeah. So. All right. Who's it. next? Uh, I have Atlanta. Atlanta now, there have been Falcons. a lot of, they've, there have been a lot of trade rumors with Atlanta trying to trade up into the draft. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Every th- I just saw a quote from Thomas Dimitrov yesterday that said uh, that everybody's predictions about what Atlanta is going to do are completely wrong. Uh, they're not even close. So what I have, I do hear that they love C.J. Henderson from Florida, who I have them taking here, but I could see, see them taking Javon Kinlaw, D-tackle from uh, South Carolina which doesn't really make any sense because we have Brady Jarrett, but I digress. Um, I think they're going to take C.J. Henderson after the loss of Desmond Trufant, and I think he is a lockdown corner. He's probably one of the best corners in this draft, and I think he will go to Atlanta and be kind of and just be that lockdown guy that we need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they just need defense at this point. They have all the offensive players they need. Mm-hmm. They have so much first-round talent on that team, just adding another number one pick to it. Uh, number 17, I have Dallas. And this is kind of a shock because I think Grant Delpit is the best defensive back in this draft, and he's been sliding. Uh, he won the Jim Thorpe Award last year. I don't know what's happening, but... He's been sliding on people's draft boards. I see other corners going ahead of him, and I'm like, man, this guy is a great DB. If you want a guy who can play corner, safety, wherever, you need Grant Delpit. He's a dude, man. He's that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a dude. He's a dude. And so I think Dallas needs uh, some help in the secondary. Uh, there's potential trade rumors with Jamal Adams, but, I mean, Grant Delpit's very similar, and you can get him for a lot cheaper for four years, so I have Dallas taking Grant Delpit with the 17th pick. Okay. At number 18, two LSU guys going back to back. I have Cincinnati and their trade with Miami, going with Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. So I think he's one of the better wide receivers in this draft. LSU is uh, going to miss him. LSU is going to miss him next year, uh, but. I think he's one of the better wide receivers in this draft. And Cincinnati having Herbert give him a target along with A.J. Green and Joe Mixon in the backfield. And that offense will be scary if Justin Herbert develops. Yep. So uh, that's why I think you give him weapons. You already have a decent defense. I mean, it's not great, but you have some places and you have some things in place. Yeah. So I think Cincinnati – 
goes in on offense and gets Justin Jefferson with the 18th pick. At the 19th, the Raiders are back. The Vegas Raiders in a trade with the Khalil Mack trade. They're still getting picks from that. But (laughs) I think they take Jalen Johnson, corner. I've been seeing him kind of creeping up on people's draft boards. I haven't really seen tape of him, but I've seen but I've seen his combine. Uh, he's got the measurables. Uh, he, I think the Raiders are desperate in desperate need of defensive help, so I think they take Jalen Johnson, the corner, uh, in the and getting another first round pick from that Chicago trade, which could, which Chicago kind of, like looking back now. I mean, it kind of depends. We'll see how good the Raiders are in a couple years when all their talent develops. Mm-hmm. So, but at number 20, I have Jacksonville in the trade with the Rams for Jalen Ramsey, uh, taking T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. Okay. Very, very slept on guy. T. Higgins, I think, is probably a top three or four wide receiver in this draft. And, uh, I think he's better than Henry Ruggs receiver-wise. I don't think he's better than him speed-wise, but I think he's better than him at route running and catching. Uh, he kind of proved that at Clemson. He was a very, very, very good uh, target for Trevor Lawrence, and I think Jacksonville will find a guy to get uh, get the ball from Gardner Minshew, just kind of throw it up to T. Higgins and yeah. let him come down with it. I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how both T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson do without their superstar college quarterbacks because I think a lot of people will say that Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins might be overrated just because they had Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. But these are both guys who can really run their routes well and they're good red zone targets and everything. I think it'll be interesting to see how they do in the NFL. Yeah, no, I I have high hopes for those guys. I think they're they're – they're slept on. I think they're underrated. I, I had them going in the first round, but I think they should be going higher than they are. I think teams are sleeping on them for other guys that have the more measurables, so to speak, and yeah. like the combine talent. So at, at 21, Philadelphia, I have taking Patrick Queen, linebacker from LSU. This guy's really been jumping up the draft boards. Honestly, I could t- see Philadelphia taking Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray, linebacker from uh, Oklahoma. I could see them flip-flopping between either of those two. Honestly, it, it doesn't really like matter. Uh, they're both good. They're both fast. They both could tackle. Uh, but I have them taking Patrick Queen from LSU. What do you guys think? Hmm. I haven't really researched Patrick Queen too much. You know, he was kind of overshadowed on that uh, team. But I I think it will be interesting to see how he does too. Um, they definitely do need, you know, a linebacker like that. So I think it's a smart pick. I would also say that I just – I would trust LSU, and I know they have an amazing group of, of seniors and juniors that are going to the draft. And I don't know, I would be confident in their training and – yeah, I yeah. agree with that. All right, so at 22, this is kind of where the wide receivers drop off, but Uh-oh. I think this guy I think this guy has the measurables, though. I think he has a high ceiling. Chase Claypool, wide receiver from Notre Dame. Uh, he had a great combine. Uh, he has the measurables. He didn't have the stats. He doesn't have a ton of tape from Notre Dame, but I think if you look at guys like Will Fuller, who are successful in the league, who come from Notre Dame, they work hard. They know how to run routes. They know how to catch the football. And I think Minnesota needs a receiver. 
to replace Stefan Diggs, and I think Chase Claypool can be that guy. Yeah. I agree. He's. Uh, I think he's six four, so that makes him a good red zone threat. I definitely need that receiver to replace Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I mean, if some guys have him going in the second round, and I'm like, well, Minnesota needs to address that wide receiver position. I think they do it here, just even with maybe some guys say it's second round talent. I mean, the wide receiver board kind of drops off after that uh, first round talent wise, but I think he's a guy that you can mold and develop into your system and. If he doesn't pan out, I mean, you have another pick, but uh, I think he's a, I think he's a good choice. I think he slept on. <laughs> uh, so at number twenty-three, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady-less Patriots. Yeah. Take. Kal- it's gonna be. I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Calavon Chaseon, edge rusher from LSU. Probably not pronounced right, but. <laughs> uh, he, I actually watched him several times. Yeah, uh, he played exceptionally well against Georgia. He played well in the national championship game. He played well in the playoff game. Uh, I think he's got the measurables to be an edge rusher uh, in the NFL. I think he's very good. He has the stats. He has the tape. Um, I think he's probably the next best guy edge rusher wise to Chase Young. I think he's that good. And New England needs an edge rusher after the loss of Kyle Van Noy and another and Jamie Collins. So I think they need some linebacker help and some edge help. And I think uh, Chesion can do that. Yeah, uh, I, I would be surprised if he even dropped that far. He's, again, that LSU team just has so much talent that some of the guys are overlooked. But if you actually look at the film and not just at the stats, because, you know, they have to share all of those tackles. I think you'll see that he's a really talented guy, and I think he could definitely go, you know, the first half of the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 24 at New Orleans. I think Zach Bond, linebacker from Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin kind of pumps out guys that are, like, lesser known at first. You don't really know who they are. You don't really watch Wisconsin football. It's kind of boring. But this guy <laughs> makes tackles, man. He makes tackles. And I think New Orleans, they need help on defense. They got a good offense. They just need somebody. They just need people who can stop the other offense. And I think Zach Bond's a guy is a tackle machine, and he will just come out out of nowhere and hit you in the mouth. That's Wisconsin football. So I feel like it's a it's a no-brainer. Like position-wise, I mean, they're definitely more talented guys guys on the board that you can take here but i think the saints need to go with what they need and they need a linebacker a young one mm-hmm. yeah. he's definitely not like the the most talented prospect in the draft but they need to go by what they need in that position so that's a good pick for the saints and i mean they're already strong right so someone to kind of just push them up i mean that could be beneficial yeah. next year right because you don't got to take the most talented guy. You got to take the guy that'll right. make your team more complete in their case. And they're close to being so, complete. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're really close. They're on the cusp. Uh, so 25 at Minnesota. This is kind of ironic. I had them taking Trayvon Diggs, <laughs> corner from uh, corner from Alabama. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is the brother of Stefan Diggs. Okay. So, I think Trayvon is one of the top corners on the board here, and they need a corner because they just lost Xavier Rhodes. So, I think if you're going talent and you're not going grudge holding, you take Trayvon Diggs here. But it, they could not take them. I just have this based off of talent and based off of need. 
So I think that's why Minnesota would take Trevon Diggs, maybe get a fresh start with a different Diggs brother. <laughs> That'd be interesting to see for sure. And then Cincinnati's third pick in the first round and the trade with Miami. I have uh, another guy that, that's an edge rusher that I cannot pronounce his name, but I think his name is Yaturgros Matos. Oh, yeah. I've, and I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he He's a good edge rusher. I've watched him on tape. Uh, Penn State, he's a dominant edge rusher. He's got yeah. the size. He's got the talent. I think his ceiling's lower than a lot of people think. <laughs> Uh, just because I don't think he has the speed uh, like some people think he does. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's a first-round talent, and I think he'll be all right. So I have him going at 26 to Cincinnati. Yeah, they just need to – Cincinnati has a lot of holes, but, you know, they get they get some of these guys from that trade that you're – supposedly putting in I think that that's a good pick for them all right so and since at Seattle all right hear me out I think Isaiah Wilson is the next best offensive line prospect in this draft I think he has a very high ceiling uh there's other guys that do mock drafts that have Isaiah Wilson going in the second third round and I'm like man this guy is six eight 315 plus and can block like how do you not pass up that is first round measurables first round talent he played at a great offensive line in georgia i think the area you can improve the most is his run blocking uh but i think if he is the highest ceiling for one of for offensive linemen in this draft because of his size and i think the seattle will be very happy to get isaiah wilson on their team to protect russell wilson Okay. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a surprising pick, but it could happen. I mean, he's a great blocker. He was great for Georgia, along with Andrew Thomas. So I could definitely see them taking him. Uh, so at number twenty-eight, I have the Baltimore Ravens taking J.K. Dobbins, running back oh. from Ohio State, and I think right now I I think Swift's a better running back than J.K. Dobbins. Don't get me wrong. I think he has more talent. Now, but I think J.K. Dobbins fits the the Ravens mold better than Swift does. Why? You got a you got a downhill power running back who can get shifty. Like J.K. Dobbins ain't no Mark Ingram. Like he can move. Mm-hmm. He ain't just a power back. So, but I think uh, the Ravens need a complementary back to uh, to Mark Ingram who can catch the ball, and J.K. Dobbins is that guy. And I think he. I think just because he is rated higher on some people's draft boards than DeAndre Swift, that he will go higher and Mm -hmm. that he is that guy that can be that complimentary back to Mark Ingram and be Mark Ingram's successor when Mark Ingram is out of the league. Yeah, I think that'd be a great pick by them just because, you know, running backs are, they get injured so much and they get beat down. So if you have those two, a two back system, then you can kind of share the load. And not to mention that he is a shifty power back. So you already have Lamar Jackson that can just make guys miss. But if you have this extra guy that can just wear down the defense, it opens things up for passing and running just even more. Yeah, no, that would be a great young backfield for years to come. I mean, having those two guys, Lamar and J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, I think would be a scary duo that defenses don't want to face. Mm-hmm. At, t- at Tennessee, I have a surprise pick here. This guy, I think, 
is the most underrated wide receiver in this draft, Michael Pittman Jr. I think he people have him rated as a second or third round talent. I think if you watch the tape on this guy, you might not have the best stats in the world. But if you watch the tape, he is a first round talent receiver. I mean, at USC, he was catching balls left and right. I he barely I barely saw him drop a pass. And from like third string quarterbacks, man, like guys you've never even heard of was throwing him the ball. Wow. And he was still catching it. And I think that he has slept on entirely. He's one of the best wide receiver talents in this draft. And whoever gets him, even if it's in the second round, they got a steal, man. I feel like him going to Tennessee, give Ryan Tannehill that number one target next to A.J. Brown and uh, Corey Davis. That wide receiver's core is going to be scary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he said he said at USC for all four years, I think. He just developed there. Um, I'm not sure about first round, but he's definitely a red zone threat, too. He's definitely a receiver that can cause some damage. So at 30, I have Green Bay taking the successor to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State. And this guy's a work in progress. I feel like he has the talent. He had his stats his junior year. Now I think he gets crapped on a lot because he didn't have a great senior year because of his coach. He had a new coach transitioning in. Yeah. And so I feel like uh, he gets kind of slept on. I think he's a very good talent. Uh, but I think he's also a work in progress. I think if the Packers can kind of let Jordan Love sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple years, learn from Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, and I think he can be very scary, kind of be like the transition from Favre to Rodgers, do the transition from Rodgers to Love. And I think that Love can be a very different guy than Aaron Rodgers. He can definitely sling the ball, but he can run with it. And so... I feel like if you teach him, hey, let's get him with Aaron Rodgers in the same quarterback room, he can be scary. So do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be out of there soon? Or are you just, I mean, is that just like more like Uh, a good backup? uh, I think he might be out of the way, man. He's definitely digressing in the past couple of years. Uh, I could see him leaving in the next three to four years. Wow. I don't see, I don't see, I don't see him being in the league past five or six. Yeah, so that's kind of like a good backup. Yeah, you get a good backup, let him sit behind, learn how to be an NFL quarterback, and then when you think he is ready, like Aaron Rodgers was with Favre, they traded Favre away, got some talent for him, mm-hmm. and, and it was the Aaron Rodgers era, and they got a Super Bowl out of it. So, I mean, if you kind of, like you see the system work before, let's try to do it again. Mm-hmm. Wherever Jordan Love goes, he's, he's not going to be drafted – with the idea of starting in mind, you know, because he had eight touchdowns and six interceptions in this past season, but they only teams want him because of the potential he showed like his junior season. I think he had 32 touchdowns and six interceptions, which is a lot better. And yeah, the coaching switched up, but that talent is definitely there. It's just not ready to manifest itself in the first NFL game. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think he's a work in progress, but he does have, one of the highest ceilings at quarterback in this draft. So at number 31, San Francisco, I have taken Raquan Davis D tackle from Alabama. I think they'll take him and replace DeForest Buckner, who they lost to when they traded away to Indianapolis. Do you replace him with another young guy who can rush the passer, stop the run, 
big dude. He's a bigger dude than DeForest. DeForest was a lot taller. Raekwon's a lot bigger. And so I think he can help fill the gaps and stop a run. He's an Alabama guy. He knows how to play defense. So I think he's kind of just like a can't miss. He can't miss on Alabama defensive line. Okay. And then for the final, the final pick in the draft, I have Kansas City taking running back DeAndre Swift from Georgia. And, oh, man, Patty, imagine that offense. Patty Mahomes, DeAndre Swift, Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Whoa. Why so late? Because running backs, man, running backs in this era are they're, – they're, they're not hard to come by. You can get a young running back who can play for a couple of years. I mean, look at the two guys in the Super Bowl. They were both undrafted. Yeah. And the Chiefs are returning so many starters on that team. Just adding DeAndre yeah. Swift, who is debatably the most NFL-ready running back in the draft. Crazy. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. They're primed to have another great year, don't you think? Uh, and then you give, you don't wear DeAndre Swift out. You can pair him with Damian Williams. So you don't wear Damian Williams out. Right. The so they both the last longer. They both last longer, exactly, and they're both and they both have similar play styles. So uh-huh. you can plug each of them in. It doesn't matter which one you have in. They're both shifty, fast, quick guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield, yeah, and run the ball as well. So if you have those two guys that you can kind of rotate in and keep both of them fresh, that's scary, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and they're gonna they just kind of next year. Oh, they just fit the mold. He fits the mold for the Chiefs. I mean, he's a quick dude who can juke. He's like Tyree Kill as a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, granted, he's not that fast, but I mean, he 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 can get up there. He's definitely quick. He's quicker on tape than he is on a forty. Yeah. I'll tell you that. What was his forty time? I think it was like a four six, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm telling you, some running backs don't have good forties. Four four it's, eight. Four four eight. Oh yeah. crap! I thought it was a lot. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's pretty good. And so, yeah, he's fast. Yeah, and he can get he can get up and go. So I feel like if Kansas City adds him, their offense would be complete. Yeah, not even cl- like it doesn't even come close. That's I the agree. best offense in the league. Yeah, that's gonna be insane. And now, like, I do want to talk about like more Georgia players because that's a lot. That's a lot more local. So I have uh-huh. three. I think I have three Georgia guys going in the first round. Yeah, Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Wilson, and DeAndre Swift. Now, I feel like for Jake Fromm, you brought up Jake Fromm earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it all depends where Jordan Love goes. Now, I have Jordan Love going in the first round, which means I feel like teams that need a quarterback or need a backup quarterback will get desperate. Yeah. And they will trade and they will trade up into the second round or trade up higher during second or third round to draft either Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm. I would not be surprised if the Patriots draft Jake Fromm in the second round. I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if the Patriots drafted Jacob Eason in the second round. Mm-hmm. Just to get a guy, say, an insurance policy. Be like, oh my gosh, Jared Sims sucks. We can throw this guy in. Yeah. You know, Brian Hoyer sucks. We can throw this guy in, you know? Yes. Like, I don't think, I think Eason's more NFL ready than Fromm is. But I think Fromm will fit their system better. Yeah. And I think I think Jacob Eason, based off of just their senior, well, their last season's not 
because Jake Fromm isn't a senior, he, he showed that he was better prepared. But that, not this previous this previous season, but the season before that, Jake Fromm was one of the best college football quarterbacks. If he can get up to that level and higher in the NFL, then I, I can see lots of teams wanting to draft him. Yeah, no, I feel like that guy's still in there. I mean, granted, he didn't have the great – he had great receivers at Georgia in that national championship year. Great receivers. If you give him great receivers, he's going to be able to make plays. Yeah, he's also he's a game slow, at, though. He's not that slow, Owen. From? Yes, dude, he's not Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason's slow. You want to talk about slow. From is slow. He is not as dude. From was from ran. It was a, like over a five second. Okay, you don't need quarterbacks. Don't need to be fast as long as they can throw and game manage. And from is a leader. I feel speed, like yeah. speed does help a lot. It, it does mean, help a lot, it but help. it's it's not the defining factor for a quarterback. Like it, I would I would rather take you know a guy like Tua than from. I mean, obviously, because two is a better quarterback, but also that dual threat, that running game helps. Exactly. But if he can throw the ball, then it can work. Yeah, I mean, and that's the primary thing, so. Yeah, no, I feel like Fromm will uh, – what I want, I hope – I'm hoping that Fromm either goes to Steelers yeah. or the Saints. And I think the Steelers, which could be a very good possibility because they need a back insurance policy for Ben and Mason Rudolph's kind of not been the guy to be that insurance policy to win games. So I think if they draft Jake from the second or third round, they get a guy that can sit and learn behind Big Ben for a couple of years. And then when Big Ben retires, you got that guy that you can plug right back in and just be like, hey, this is the guy that can throw us throw the ball to good, talented receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington and good tight ends like Vance McDonald and Jesse James. And just and they, they have a good O-line. And so mm-hmm. you plug him into that offense and, hey, like you're a contender, you know? Like they're still contenders with Big Ben. So I don't, I don't see why the Steelers couldn't take Jake Fromm. And I think – the Saints are another possibility because I think Taysom Hill is being under feels like he's underappreciated and getting too big for his britches. So I think he's going to be gone by the trade deadline. Uh, so I feel like if you get Jake Fromm in there to learn from a similar guy and Drew Brees, I feel like he played a lot like Drew Brees, just kind of less of an arm than Drew had. But a shorter guy that didn't really move a lot in the po- move around a lot in the pocket. That can th- that can throw the deep ball, but he doesn't have the best arm in the world. But he's accurate, and like Drew was, and so uh, I feel like if you let Fromm learn behind Drew for a couple years before Drew goes to Monday Night Football or NBC, <laughs> uh, uh, before that happens, you get Jake Fromm to learn under him, and he'll be scary in that Sean Payton offense because Fromm can learn a playbook. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what do you think? Um, well, like I said, uh, Fromm is – he's the guy that has that potential and he's a, the guy that's more intellectual than athletic when it comes to that quarterback position. Uh, it was – I do think he could have done a lot better his senior year even though he didn't have as good as receivers. He did have those two – 
he had a great offensive line and two guys that you said would even go in the first round. So I don't think there's – the receivers are an excuse for playing a little bit worse, but his performance definitely wasn't as good as it should have been. But if, if you get a good coach that he can, you know, learn with and learn that whole playbook, he, he'll be a great quarterback. Obviously, you got to draft him with the intent to have him as a backup because he's not going to come in and ball out as a starter, in my opinion. But once you draft him as a backup, get him used to the whole system, I think he can be a great quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. All right, so that has been the whole first round and a little extra about, like, little Georgia players here and there. But Mm -hmm. uh, that has been my mock draft, and I feel like uh, y'all have kind of similar opinions to me. Yeah, I'm Uh, not as in tune with everything, uh, more just, like, the Georgia players. Um, And I still have a lot to learn, but it's been super interesting hearing all your different opinions. And, yeah, I mean, we'll see how many of them are accurate uh, in a couple days. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to watch the draft. It's gonna be like the first sporting event type thing I can watch in a couple except in like seven months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Well, all right, guys, it this has been Car on Car. Thank you so much, guys, for coming in. This podcast is produced by Owen Donnelly and myself for our as well as our advisor David Ragsdale see you all next time for episode 7 of Far on Far alright thanks for listening <laughs>